Hi, this is Brooke Dean. And I'm Farrah Joseph. And we and are single moms. Doing the most. The absolute most. <laughs> on a Sunday. <laughs> Y'all not doing the most lately, though. No, it's these people we're dealing with doing the absolute they, they most. They doing the most. Okay, so. We might. Let's do, we're gonna put the disclaimer out there now. Feelings will be hurt about you, exactly. <laughs> if the shoe fits, we already starting off on some mess, y'all. We on one today, man. Okay, we having some issues that we need to discuss. <laughs> okay, so and it's not just in personal lives, I think, especially for women, but especially for black women, people have a tendency when we say what we say, they don't want to hear us. So today's <laughs> podcast is lovingly titled. Hey man, I said what I said. Let me help. I wish I could put the Nene meme up there. I said, said what, what I said. said. Okay. Rock that on her. Because like, yeah, it's a it's a thing. It's and I don't know, you know, women of a particular age, myself. I don't even if I wanted to, I don't think I have the ability to sugarcoat mm-hmm. much anymore. So the whole I said what I said. It's interesting when you say something and people hear something else. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm like, repeat after me. <laughs> When I said this, what did you hear? Because I meant what I said, you know? And it took me a while because in my younger days, especially when it came to men, they might say something, but if their actions were different, like, oh, he didn't mean that. Right. He said this, but he didn't mean that. Now, if you say it, that's what you mean until you unsay it. And I feel the same way. Like, so if I say to you, this is, I don't want this. I don't want that. I do want this. I do want that. Hear me when I say it. Right. (laughs) Because right. I'm very clear on, and I think I'm pretty good at communication. Like, I don't think I leave things gray too much. So yeah. I like, said, what's the problem? Like, what's right. the, the problem? Where's the, where's the disconnect happening? Because I need to understand. When I tell, <laughs> no, for real. When I tell you that there are certain things that you do that bother me, <laughs> but you continue to do them. Right. What, what happened when I was speaking? Did your mind wander? <laughs> Did your mind wander? Did your ears close the you get selective hearing what is happening that when we are communicating in clear languages that you're not Mm -hmm. understanding me and you know we 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 are giggling and cackling about it because it's happening to us on both fronts in terms of dating but there Mm -hmm. is a seriousness behind it especially for black women who when they speak they're not being heard you know Mm -hmm. you have women especially in terms of medical issues when a black woman goes to a hospital or goes to a doctor and experiences pain for whatever reason they're not believed because Mm -hmm. I was watching it's so interesting I was watching something just yesterday and where they did a study where it's shown that medical students are taught black people have a higher tolerance for pain so don't always believe them when they say they're in pain what that is a study that was conducted that medical students believe black people have thicker skin and have a higher tolerance for pain so it's like oh you could push us a little more you could prick us a little more you ever go to get your blood drawn by somebody who don't know what they're doing and they just poke mm-hmm. and they just poke your face mm-hmm. and you like, like that ain't it you walk out looking like a whole crackhead because you got so many pricks on your because <laughs> you got so many pricks on your arm because she didn't know what you were doing that's mm-hmm. you know it's a real thing well it's that? funny you say that now because when I was in labor with Jackson it that happened to me like yeah. they couldn't find where to put the epidural in my back because I had to have an emergency c-section and they put me with someone I guess who wasn't as experienced and he kept like like there was blood on yeah. the floor from my back from this needle like he 
kept trying to, and, and you're in active labor, right? So I'm having contractions. Mm. You got to be still because they're about yeah. to be fine. And they literally had to call like the head of anesthesiology, like the he- the highest dude to come do it because he was just poking. Po- and I was like, you're going to paralyze me. And I had to tell him to stop. Yeah. And he was like, no, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. I was like, no, what? you don't know what you're doing. And it, you have to have the presence of mind to be, to advocate for yourself. And yeah. it wasn't until I literally leaned up away from him. Like, no, you are not putting this needle in my back again. There's blood on the floor. You don't know what you're doing. And they finally got the, I was like, whoever is the highest person, that's who needs to do this because you are, you're messing with my spine. You're not going to paralyze me. And at that point, they realized like I had to have the emergency. So the head of the anesthesia came anyway, because he was like, I got to take you to the OR at this point. So luckily that happened in tandem at the, you know, when that happened. But like, if I hadn't said anything Mm -hmm. and said it over and over again, who knows what could have happened? Because he was just poking, poking, poking. And I'm like, are you crazy? Like, you don't know what you're doing. Like, you're not practicing on me. And I was in an excellent hospital. (laughs) I am not your guinea pig. We're not playing around with my spine. You're sticking a needle that's 10 inches long Mm-mm. in my back. You missed three times. You're not doing this no more. So I get like to hear you say that it sounded shocking at first, but, but you're right. Like I can see if that is a thing because he literally did not realize that he was hurting me and I'm already in having contractions and then I've got to be still and I'm in the room by myself. Everybody had to leave the room to make like a sterile environment. So my mom wasn't there. My sister wasn't there. And I'm like, there was nobody to even speak for me. Yeah. Because when my sister had her epidural, when she had my second nephew, I was in the room and my sister made a point to say like, watch them. Because if something goes left, I need a witness there. I need somebody to advocate for me, you know, whatever. And I was like in the room and I remember like somebody came and like knocked the the anesthesia, like knocked the table and it like hit their arm and they were like, get out. Mm. Because like one wrong move could paralyze you. And my sister was looking at me like, what's happening? Like you be my eyes and my ears and my everything for me. I didn't even have that. So if I didn't speak for myself and be like, no, you're not doing this right. Who knows what could have happened? Thank God I clearly I'm fine. But it's just like, that's, that's crazy that that's actually a study. That's that actually we... a thing. That is a thing where they believe that Black people's skin, one, is tougher. And two, our tolerance for pain is higher, which is that's why crazy. I always say, if I ever see the nurse that I had when I had Elijah, it's going to be a misunderstanding in the alley. <laughs> <laughs> because I remember having, I didn't have contractions. I had the easiest labor of all. Of all. I, I'm sorry, ladies, if you went through it, I didn't. <laughs> it was just like, you. you know, no pain. I had no contractions. The only reason I knew I was in labor is because I went to the bathroom. And when I went back to the bed, the bed was what I was like, oh, snap, it's finally happened. I, I know women say you start to pee on yourself. I was like, oh, shoot, it's mm-hmm. finally happened. But the <laughs> just kept coming. It just kept coming. I was like, wait a minute. I went to wipe mm-hmm. myself and I saw blood. And I was like, hold up, that ain't mm-hmm. pee. So mm-hmm. what? the hospital first nurse mind you, this is 5 45 a.m on a thursday first nurse wonderful young black nurse wonderful attentive she's speaking to me she's telling me how i'm gonna feel she's wonderful mm-hmm. here come this night have <laughs> lazy as can be and wow. um i remember they had to induce me because i had been in labor in so long and i only dilated four meters four centimeters mm-hmm. it was like so you know i started talking to him like brother man why you pop my water if you ain't ready to come out you know mm-hmm. like what's up <laughs> Either you're going to come out or you're not. Like, what you pop my water for if you weren't right. ready to come out? You're not done cooking. So why are we doing all of this? You know, so so they induced it. Still hadn't moved an inch. I think the most that I got, I went from three to the most was four. By the time I had the C-section, I, I didn't go past four centimeters. So they're coming to give me this epidural.
epidural. The doctor comes in, great, boom, boom, feel nothing. I didn't even have time for the epidural, for the epidural to kick in because of how fast things happened afterwards. So I start feeling this weird burning sensation and it's not normal. It's not a contraction. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're, when you go to, to birthing class and all that, they, they let you know what you're going to feel. And, you know, I had, you know, really good doctor where she, she had like the simulation. So I could know what a real contraction would feel like. It felt nothing like that. It was just like this weird burning sensation and mm-hmm. he stopped moving. I stopped feeling before that, this little boy was flipping and turning all up inside. He stopped Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I call the nurse and I'm like, something is not right. I'm in pain, but it's not contraction. Oh, honey, you'll be fine. You're a new mom. I said, something is not right. Mm-hmm. This doesn't mm-hmm. feel right. Mm-hmm. It's just epidural. I said, I'm going to say one more time. Go get me the midwife. I do not want you in my room again. Get me a new nurse. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. looked at me shocked. And I'm like, shocked for what? I'm telling you something's not wrong. You're dismissing what I'm telling you. So now mm-hmm. go get me the midwife. Because I don't want right. you near me. You're dismissing what I, it's my body. Right, I'm currently right. doing this, not you. Get out. Mm-hmm. Don't come back in mm-hmm. here. Yeah. So then the midwife comes in and she checks and she puts her hands up and she's like, okay, let's get a sonogram going. His heartbeat is dropping. Okay. Mm-hmm. She feels up in there. Feels like the cord is wrapped around his neck. Okay. Emergency C-section. The, uh, right. the doctor who is about to be off now gets called to come to an emergency section. She comes mm-hmm. in. She's pissed. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. is pissed. When she looks at my chart, she looks at how long I've been here. She looks at how long ago they gave me um, the epidural, how long ago I was induced. And I'm mm-hmm. telling her for the past two hours, I've been telling that nurse. I wouldn't even say her name. I was like, that nurse over there, the fat one. <laughs> <laughs> I literally said there. it just like that. The fat one over there. I've been telling mm-hmm. her something's wrong and she's been dismissing me. When I tell you that nurse, that doctor, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's not all doctors unfortunately being a black woman being black people period when we go to hospitals we're not always the most trustworthy because of our history with the medical field but Mm -hmm. there are good ones and i'm I'm really glad that she was a good one because she went in on them so i had Mm -hmm. to have an emergency c-section and because the court had already looped around his neck once so Mm -hmm. cut me to get him out it took him oh my god it felt like it took him forever to cry Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i'm crying on the table and Mm -hmm. you know and the nurses like he's fine it's just taking time for the for the water to come out of his lungs his color looks great he's fine you're Mm -hmm. doing good and the whole time I still feel nothing she's stitching Mm -hmm. me up I feel absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. that's how good she was so you know when we when we speak it's I don't understand what it is about us that our voices get dismissed so often in every area and it's not just with men that we're dating it's at work like when mm-hmm. you had that example where you were when you texted me on the side like didn't I just say what old boy just said like <laughs> you know like did, I, did it uh-huh. sound better when he said it you know right I was like wait am I tripping like he literally said the same words I said but, but for some somehow, reason it sounds better to me from him exactly somehow it was heard when he said it so right you know, hey man, I said what I said and I meant it. If I tell you, you can no longer come around my child, I meant it. Right, right. If I said we need some distance, I meant it. If I right. said this relationship is not going anywhere, I meant it. And if you said mm-hmm. this relationship is not going away, and I agree, I meant it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, what is happening? I felt like we've been living in the twilight zone for the past couple of weeks. What is really going man, on? Man, listen, you do not understand. It's just, and the crazy thing about it is, it doesn't because I remember reading an article where 
Serena Williams said the same thing. Like she almost died having her daughter. And it's because she had had an embolism before that she knew what it felt like. So when she was in labor with her daughter, she said she told the doctor the same thing. Like something's not right. You have to check this, this, that. And they were like, no, 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 no. And I think the only reason they really took to heart what she was saying when she was like, there's something else going on is because she was Serena Williams. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And even with her. And even with her. It took them a while mm -hmm. to actually believe her. And she was like, they discovered the embolism after she had her daughter and like they were able to address it because she would have died. Right. And it's crazy to think about. I would, you know, I I'm afraid to even look up what the stats are of women, particularly Black women, who, you know, experienced oh. uh, death at childbirth yes. because it's, higher, it's a higher rate for Black women. I and I think I read somewhere too that even in the United States, it's like this healthy rate as in a third world yes. country. Yes, when it comes to Black women. Right, exactly. And that is astounding to me, yes. especially when you consider how we are excelling in this country and other places, yes. whether it's like in academia, in corporate America, everywhere. It's like, you know, and I always want to get the t-shirt because I see it all the time. It's like, trust Black women, believe Black women, mm -hmm. whatever. Like we always save the day, mm -hmm. but we- Never get saved. No, never get saved. And it's because we don't, why don't our voices carry the same weight? And like you said, it's not all doctors and stuff because once I got rid of the, the crazy anesthesia guy, everybody else was, all my nurses were black. The woman who, who did my, I had staples in my stomach. The woman who stapled me up was a black woman. The first person who held Jackson was a black woman. My doctor wasn't a black, he was a white guy, but even with him, like I think because he had a team of black women around him, he was like, what are we waiting for? Because it was the same thing. Jackson had the umbilical cord wrapped around his neck twice the um his heart rate was dropping and same thing I never got past three centimeters and I knew something was wrong because I was like I was having push level contractions but he wasn't descending he wasn't moving he wasn't going anywhere and thank god he didn't move because yeah. he would have strangled himself. strangled himself yeah and I was up there but I couldn't I was at three so I can't push I was like something is not right and it wasn't in the one nurse literally I saw her look at my chart and look at the doctor as if they just had this word between them and I think it was for my benefit because they didn't want me to panic mm -hmm. and my doctor was so calm he was like what are we doing why don't we just go get him and he was so calm mm -hmm. but thank god he was the look in their eyes said emergency yeah but the tone in their voice was something once I got the fear out of me of like they're about to cut me open all that mattered to me was Jackson like just right. get him safely I didn't care about anything I didn't even care what happened to me it took Jackson probably 10 seconds to cry but it felt like, felt like forever as soon as I heard Jackson cry I just burst into tears yep. and then but then after that I couldn't breathe because I had the flu leading up to his birth Girl. and I couldn't get over it because the doctor was like your body is protecting the baby not you so you're going to be sick until he's born I had all this phlegm and mucus like in the back of my neck and I literally was choking like once I got clear that Jackson was out and he was safe and whatever I could not swallow and I'm like I can't and I can't move right and I can't talk so finally I was like I, I can't breathe again if my husband at the time was not there to talk for me and I and I'm trying to like motion like mm -hmm. I'm on the table like mm -hmm. I can't like it's finally the the the, the guy sat me up, stuck this thing down my throat and sucked it all out. And I was like, <gasps> like, I, I literally yeah. had to do like that. Like, it's so, it's a miracle any of us are here, uh, honestly, because like so many little things can go wrong during childbirth that it's, that voice matters more than anything. Yeah. Judge, um, she was a teacher. Oh God, 
Judge Hatchet. Mm -hmm. It was her daughter who who died. Where right, but in their case, it was like it, it wasn't even that in this instance, it wasn't even that she couldn't advocate for herself. It was everybody in her family was advocating for her, and they still ignored them. They That's crazy. still ignored her that she was being overly dramatic. What that's crazy. overly dramatic? So it's that's like, crazy. oh, she's being, a, you know, that's where they're quick to say the angry black woman when you show emotion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but Becky can cry all her tears and everybody will tend to her. Yeah. You see yeah. what I'm saying? So we have to be the advocates for ourselves. And especially when you're a single mom, you're double the advocate. You're not mm -hmm. only an advocate for yourself, you're not an advocate for your child. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. when, when I, whenever I feel like he is not getting the proper care, he, he needs to get, Oh, I'm finding a new doctor. I am. Mm -hmm. I'm finding. A oh new yeah. Doctor. Yeah. You're, you're, you're not, you're not what I need. Sorry. No. Yeah, yeah. So even now I'm, I'm on a mission. Yeah. I'm on a mission to find, I'm a black doctor. I'm on a mission to find myself a black gynecologist. I'm on a mission to find, mm -hmm. you know, caretakers that look like me because they will take my voice seriously. And it's sad right. that that's what I have to do, but Hey, right. I want to live and I want my baby to live. So guess what? That's what I'm going to have to do. Cause right. I've had experiences where I'm just being talked at and talked to exactly. instead of having a like, conversation, like a, like a safe place conversation. You have exactly. safe place conversations conversations with your girlfriends you have safest conversations with your sister with your mom but when it comes to your health when it comes to your career when it comes to your child you have to find that one person in a whole organization that's going to hear you mm -hmm. and you know oftentimes and it's not just black women just women in general we have right. a hard time in our professional and our outside family, and even some people, even within their family, you have a hard time finding that safe zone, that safe place where you can be candid and have the real conversations that matter to you, right. that affect you, that are going to either, you know, change the trajectory of your profession or, you know, career. So it mm -hmm. is very important that, you know, sadly, unfortunately, that we do have to keep reiterating the things that we say, because sometimes for whatever right. reason, it's like the first time I said it, you didn't hear it. So I'm going to keep saying it until right. you hear it. And then if I realize you still not hearing it now, I see it as you don't want to hear it. So now I have to remove myself from you because it's a whole different exactly. situation. Once I realize it's not that you don't hear me, it's that you don't want to hear me. So right. now I'm in jeopardy. I got to yes. go. We got to cut ties. Yes. I have to find a new doctor. I need new friends. I need a new man. Cause this is not, mm -hmm. this situation is no longer ideal. It's no longer fruitful. Gotta go. Bye-bye. So, <laughs> <laughs> and you know me, grand old right and we let people at we let sometimes we let people tell us <sighs> what we Girl. meant felt and now I'm realizing like no I said what I said because there are times where I've been talked out of what my own <laughs> and it sounds so silly to say it but I've had people be like you don't mean that and I'm like well maybe I don't but then I'm like well, yes I do <laughs> And it takes you going through the same mess again and again where you're like, wait a minute, how did I let that happen? And, uh, you know, a lot of it is a, a maturation thing when you get older and wiser and things and you keep making the same mistakes over again. Maybe God is like, I'm gonna keep giving you this test until you pass it. Right. Because you're not trusting your own voice, voice. Yeah. or you don't want to hurt somebody else by letting like, them hurt you. Right. You rather let, let them hurt you than you hurt them. And I'm still struggling with that. You know, I've been in situations where people weren't so nice with their mm -hmm. words. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it was a gift mm -hmm. because if you tell me something and you try to sugarcoat it and make that, you can be like, oh, 
they still care. Oh, they get it. Oh, and then later on, they're like, Mm-mm. I meant but the, but, right. But the people who have told me like elbow to the nose, like this is what it is. It might sting in that moment, but I appreciate but, it. But now I know, like I can't unknow it. Right. So now it's up to me to decide. And so later on, I realized what a gift that is. And now I am trying to learn to do the same thing. I still try to be diplomatic. I still try to be kind because I still don't want anyone to talk crazy to me. But at the same time, I'm learning to be more direct. And if that means I have to keep saying it a certain way to a point where it might have to hurt your feelings, I'd rather you have your feelings hurt temporarily now than way worse later. Because I don't want to be responsible for hurting anybody's feelings. But at the same time, if you're not respecting my feelings in the things that I'm saying, you it, it really comes down to you hurting your own feelings at that point because you're not hearing me, right? So right. well, not that you're not like I said, you're you're electing not to hear me. <laughs> you, I know you hear what I'm saying. You just don't want to accept what I'm yeah. saying. When that happens, it's no longer in my court, right? Like now that's something different. And I don't want to say, I mean, you're owning your voice and you're not letting anyone switch you from it any I'm not doing that anymore and it's getting easier because I'm learning different ways to do it and it's also freeing you have it is very freeing to know and like you said it's not that you're out to be mean to be the mean girl to be crushing and stomping on people's emotions but I had to look at it as how easily it's been for people to not take my feelings into consideration in the way they've spoken to me right and it hurt but I'm better for it so now I'm like I gotta reciprocate that for you it's going to hurt, but you're going to be better for it. But after a while. Don't test me. <laughs> there's so many different ways you can say it. Like, yeah, like, I don't know how else, you know, so that's when I start putting it back onto other people. Like when I say this, mm-hmm. what do you hear? Yeah. Because it could be a communication thing. It could be that I'm not being clear and I'm, I'm and I'm willing to concede that. So I'm like, if I need to say it in a way that helps you understand, we can have the conversation all day long, but yep. what we're not going to do is keep revisiting it after I said what I said. Mm-hmm. You're not going to dismiss my voice. That's a exactly. dismissal of your voice. Exactly. And people do that to us all day long when mm-hmm. you are literally, your voice is dismissed. And mm-hmm. if you are someone who's trying to be up in my life and around my family, you can't be dismissive of my voice. It doesn't, right. That's not going to work. That's it's never not. going to work. There's right. no universe where you being dismissal of my voice and my feelings is going to help you get closer to me. Where, how, how, explain how, how, how? <laughs> well, I think it depends on, you know, when you're dealing with people who are not used to people being direct with them. True. Because I think sometimes that's a, a shock to the system where you tell people, so, especially if they already have a preconceived notion of how they think women are because mm. I run into that a lot too like there is a perception that all women want to date all women want to get married all women want to have kids they there's even this thought that all, like we enjoy catering to men to pe- yeah. men children whatever the case I mean I had a guy tell me one time like oh well we I nurture my child me. I don't cater to my child let's I mean, raise different. him Right. Cause even with Jackson, it's like, if you don't eat this with for dinner, you're going to have sleep for dinner. Like right. that's it. But I think there are people who believe that women are on this planet mm. to cater to and that we enjoy it now. And don't get me wrong. I'll, I will, I like- I'll do it. If I feel so inclined, but don't sit up here and nobody cooks for me. I remember I was like seeing this guy one time and he was like, nobody cooked me dinner tonight. Nobody did this. And I was like, I know how you feel because nobody cooked me dinner neither. (laughs) 
And that he was like shocked that I said that. I'm like, I know how you feel because don't nobody cook for me. I, I get it. But I was going to be like, oh, well, come over, sweetie. I'll cook for you. And stuff. So, nah. Why is it somebody cooking for you a bigger deal than somebody not cooking for me? Because you think that's what I'm naturally supposed to do? And you're not even my man like that? Right. Even more reason like, what? <laughs> We're not doing that. I think when they have an idea of what they think your voice is yes. or what's going to come out of yes. your mouth and it's something different. They don't know what to do with themselves. They don't know what to do with that information. I just want to be left alone. It's gotten to the point where I literally sometimes like, do I need to hit record before I talk to you? Yeah. Because I'm I like, I, I don't know that. way to say, right. I don't know what different way. I remember this guy one time asked me like, oh, what are you doing? I was like, I'm going to Target. Oh, I'm going to come with you. Oh. No. Tar <laughs> I was like, Target is my happy place. I want to stroll the aisles mindlessly just by myself. He's like, you don't want me to come with you. Mind you, we just, we were just had, had a lunch date. So I already spent time with you. I made time for you. What are you doing now? Going to Target. You want me to come with you? No. And he was like, no, <laughs> no. I like my and, time. I and I told him, I said, that is my happy place because I normally have to drag a child with me. So now that I'm child free, I've given you an hour, hour and a half of my time. To me, I feel like I said it nicely. That's my happy place. I would prefer to be there by myself. myself. I thought that was very sweet. So you you don't want me to go? Oh, you don't God. need company? Oh my God. Do you understand English? <laughs> it's taken me a while to get to that point though, because and the old me would have taken their feelings into consideration mm -hmm. more than mine. And I would have been annoyed here mm -hmm. and I'm annoyed now. So now what I've done is inconvenience and made myself uncomfortable yep. for your comfort level. Yep. Again, these, and these are things I'm still navigating through. I'm just better at it now where I'm owning my own, like my own truth of the things that I'm saying. Yes. Like actually trusting and believing the things that I say and still saying and having the courage to say them. Yes. And if I need to repeat it, repeat it. Right. So you understand. And you're right. I, you know, I know for a fact that I've done the things where I will bend for a relationship. Mm -hmm. And then when it ends, realize that person never intended to bend an inch for me. I'm right. not doing that anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, honey. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. You know, mm. I give, I give as much as I get now. It's like, and it's not being done in a malicious way, but it's kind of like the energy you give me, the vibe you give me, the level you meet me at is the vibe and energy and level I'm going to meet you at. I'm no longer putting more of myself in when you have one foot in, one foot out. So right. when it all falls apart, I'm left holding the bag. I've, I've done that enough in the past to recognize, like you said, to trust my voice, to trust when I say something, I meant it. Mm -hmm. I meant it the first time I said it. I'm going to meet it tomorrow. I'm going to meet it next week when you ask me about it. I'm going to meet it a month from now when you ask me about it. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole, that's, God, that's a whole nother uh, conversation when you're dealing with someone <laughs> who's narcissistic and who is a masterful manipulator who knows how to get you to really sit there and be like, did I really say that? Maybe, did I really mean that? Maybe, uh -huh. maybe, I, maybe I did mean I want you to come to Target with me now that you've asked me for the fifth time. Mm -hmm. You know, so. If I if I have to say something 10 times, it's a problem. Look, by the time I get to 10, I've already blocked you. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> we know how fast you are with that daggone block button. Look, if y'all did I not know people out I there in the podcast world, Pharaoh will block you in a hot listen, minute. I don't. I just don't have the patience for it anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I just don't. I've, I've really gotten to this point where it's like my sanity and my peace are sacred to me. I didn't always understand mm -hmm. that. 
But now that I've gotten a hold on right. to that apple, I'm not letting it go. You are not about to stress me. <laughs> You're just not. This, mm-hmm. this, uh, it used to be like flag, oh, yellow flag, uh, orange flag, uh, red flag, no blue, yellow flag, bye. <laughs> <laughs> me and Farrah had this joke, grand opening, grand close. I'm like, damn, what happened? <laughs> grand opening, yeah, grand close. I'm like, okay, okay. But I'm not mad at that because- yeah keep keep it moving like nobody's wasting anybody's time nobody's you know and like you said it could be any situation it's not just relationships it could be even at work mm-hmm. if I gotta go especially to at work it's yeah, if, yeah especially at work. at work if my voice is not being heard trust and believe I'm going to talk to somebody who hears me I'm going to advocate for myself because people people are not not going to come to you for your voice you got to put it out there yourself and that's something I'm learning at work and even if I'm not comfortable even if I'm not sure I know what I'm talking about I'm gonna say it anyway. I'm gonna put it out there anyway. I'm gonna fake it till I make it. Yeah, you start learning to flex that muscle. You know, we we go training, we work out. It's as you get used to, you know, a 10 pound, your trainer's like, oh, okay, well, we're gonna drop mm-hmm. a 25 pound on you. You get yep. used to 25 pound, you get 45. <laughs> the more you exercise the muscle, the stronger it gets, the more at ease you become with it. I bet you right. now, if we go back to picking up a 10 pounds, it'll feel like we're picking up paper because now we're yes. at 45 pounds and 50 pounds. So it's a whole different dynamic when you are getting, when you're forcing yourself to get used to making yourself seen, heard, and appreciated and respected. These are all the things that you're just, no matter what walk of life you are, it's something you're just going to have to do. So get used to it, mamas. Get used to say, hey, man, I said (laughs) what I said. (laughs) Period. (laughs) Period. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's an ongoing thing. Like, you know, you just get more comfortable in your voice. I just, for me now, it's like trusting. Yes. And I know what I said and I'll be scared to do it because I don't want to be mean or hurt somebody's feelings or whatever. But then when you don't, it ends up being used, being hurt. So you, you know, you run it by, and I try to run these things by people who I think have similar mm-hmm. experiences to me, who, whose voices I trust. Cause you can't ask everybody. Cause yeah, listen, I got some friends. <laughs> <laughs> have me catch me cases out here if I was to listen to them what they would say I would be like choked up somewhere <laughs> but you know sometimes it's you got to learn the language like you need the verbiage from somebody like yeah. your voice is ready you're ready to say it but you don't know how to say it or you don't yeah. know what to do so it's like you're I'm constantly learning my voice for different things and you know mm-hmm. bible says uh, iron sharpens iron so if you don't have friends who are helping you enforce the things that you say that you want to say mm-hmm. i want to look somewhere else to sharpen that iron you don't have right, right. that are sharpening your iron you need to get some so right hope you enjoyed this one we hope we've kind of given you a little push in, in you know in the realm of flexing your vocal <laughs> your voice mm-hmm. and getting the things that you want out of life and you know i saw a thing it was like what's the worst somebody can say is no mm-hmm. what's the worst thing can say is no so go ahead and flex that right. muscle ax that ax Tell that person no. Tell that person yes. Tell that person, let me put a pin in it. I'll get back to you. It's okay. At the end of the day, it Mm -hmm. is okay. You are juggling enough than to have to juggle your own emotions for the sake of other people. That's not cool. So go ahead and say the things that you need to say. And like I said, if they're not listening, just be like, hey man, I said what I said. Thank you for listening to another one. We hope we helped you out just a little bit. You know, in all our kikiing, just know that we always have a heart of being serious, of getting, you know, things to you and helping you have 
have conversations that you may need to have with yourself, not just friends, some conversations you need to have with yourself. Yeah. So we will catch you on the next one. I'm Farrah Joseph. Yes, I'm Brooke Dean. And we are single, single moms. moms doing the most. Bye guys.